This is the Retags Podcast. In association with Andrew W. Mellon Foundation and the University of Cape Town, Retags is the reimagining tragedy from Africa and the Global South. In this limited series, we will be exploring and contextualizing themes of tragedy as they relate to the inaugural production of the Retags Project, Antigone, Not Quite Quiet, presented by the University of Cape Town and the Magnet Theater. Hi, I'm Emma, and I will be your host for this series. I'm an American expat and a master's student based out of the University of Amsterdam. I'm here in Cape Town on exchange as part of my master's thesis research, which also happens to be on Greek tragedy. Over the next few weeks, I'll be meeting with various makers, creatives, and performers associated with this production of Antigone with one overarching question leading the charge. What does tragedy mean? My take on tragedy is based more in dramatic theories, with the stories being told, trying to make the audience think and feel in a very specific way. When I think of tragedy, I think of great tragic heroes like Othello or Hamlet, which admittedly is incredibly narrow and Eurocentric, and isn't the way a lot of other artists and theater makers think about tragedy. And these other channels are what will be explored over the next few weeks. Here's just a sample of a few of the performers when asked, what does tragedy mean to them? Like the sound of the name, tragic, something that just went wrong, that wasn't expected to go wrong, but then it went wrong. And I feel like it's a disaster that can't be, that can't be fixed. It's something that we can't change. It's just tragic. It's fate for those who believe in fate. but it's something that's permanently, uh, that has destroyed lives, or that will continue to destroy lives. Like, tragedy to me is, um, like, my everyday life. Like, it's, like, where I come from, where I grew up, and, like, the country, South Africa, on its own, it's just, it's tragic, and, like, things, instead of getting, like, better, they just, like, getting worse. It's just tragic. Yeah. What tragedy means for me is um, tragedy. Okay, there's two things. I first want to go to the definition like as it is in, in the dictionary. I think it means like something sad that happens like death, for instance. And then in terms of theatre, tragedy is um, it is a kind of a play or theatre piece that um, has a chorus and a hero and it usually usually it's to do with um, you know like your destiny in terms of what the gods um, has set out for you already and, and the battle against that I'm still figuring out what tragedy is but I think it is something repetitive I think it is something um that is currently embedded in society and our bodies. Tragedy to me is a mode of representation, a mode of experiencing theatre that involves heightened uh, aesthetics, that is structured in a particular way where an audience can experience real life in a way that is much larger and I guess a little bit removed from what you know realism or any other form of um, 
dramatic kind of presentation involves. Even with just those five performers all working on the same production, none of them had the exact same definition of tragedy. For some of them it was incredibly personal and for some it was incredibly technical. And that's the beauty of the form. There isn't really any right answers when it comes to art, especially when it comes to theater. But when it comes to agreeing on what the purpose of a specific genre is, that's where the conversation can get really into the nitty gritty of what it is we are supposed to feel when it comes to these ancient plays and how do we relate to them now? Because at first glance, modern South Africa and ancient Greece may not look like it has a lot in common, but we'll get to that part a little bit later. So, Antigone. Before we get into the themes and context surrounding the play, a little background is prudent. Most of us have heard of Oedipus, the Greek king who killed his dad, married his mom, and stabbed his eyes out when he figured it all out. Freud really brought him back in the late 19th, early 20th century. Bad PR for the Theban king and a gross misunderstanding of the play at best. It's a story about fate and how you can't escape it. Antigone comes at the end of the play cycle, after Oedipus has died in exile and the city of Thebes has had a chaotic year. The two sons of Oedipus were supposed to alternate the throne after their father's abdication. The first brother did not follow through on this plan, and the second brother declared war against him because of it. Both brothers died in single combat. The first brother was given a hero's burial, while the second brother was left to rot outside the city gates, because he had brought war to Thebes and was a traitor, according to the laws. Oedipus's two daughters, Ismene and Antigone, survived the conflict, and Antigone feels a deep injustice to her brother left to rot. And when the new ruler of the city, Creon, refuses to let anyone perform the burial rites for the rotting brother, Antigone takes it upon herself to disobey Creon and bury her brother herself. Having disobeyed the state, she is punished, left to starve in a cave outside the city, where she then takes her own life. There are a lot more details to the story, a frightened sister, a disloyal son, and a grieving mother, but this is the gist of the story. There is a law, Antigone thinks it's unfair, she breaks the law, and she is punished. Well, Antigone's motives may be a little bit foreign to a modern audience, it's important to understand the cultural context that exists within this play and why Antigone is so upset that she is not allowed to bury her brother. It isn't, by modern standards, simply being laid to rest the way that we think of burials and funerals now. The Greeks were absolutely positive about the existence of their afterlife, known as the Elysian Fields. And the injustice that Antigone feels is because one of her brothers gets to go to the Elysian Fields and the other one doesn't and that greatly distresses her. Not being able to pass on into the afterlife was, if I could make this comparison, worse than Protestant purgatory. It was like her brother's conscience was stuck on earth, unable to move on at all. And she felt that this was deeply unfair. So what makes Antigone's story a tragedy? Even more specifically, what makes Antigone's story an African tragedy? There's a deep cultural history when it comes to Greek tragedy and African performance. Athel Fugard's The Island is the most prominent South Africa example of this relationship. It's an apartheid-era play where two prisoners on a prison-type island, which is a not very thinly-veiled version of Robin Island here in Cape Town, and it's their understanding between the relationship between Creon and Antigone. But in post-colonial continental Africa, 
Antigone has popped up again and again in Nigeria, in Ghana, in the Congo, just to name a few. Though this isn't a coincidence. The introduction of Greek drama and literature into Africa is an exclusively colonial act. The idea of classical literature and Greece being the basis for all European civilization and European civilization being the superior civilization is at its best incredibly colonialist and imperialist and at its worst, a justification for genocide. Astrid von Weyenberg's book on this subject, The Politics of Adaptation, goes pretty deep into why Greek tragedy was considered a foundation for British and European literature and actually touches upon sort of the strange irony of Greek theater not being at all English or British. And so it is important to make a distinction between what is actually present and what we project upon these works. But back to tragedy. What we understand as tragedy in drama stems from a very old piece of text by a very old Greek named Aristotle. And that piece of work is called The Poetics. In this book, Aristotle attempts to define tragedy, define its overall construction, and establish rules for that construction. And he uses Sophocles' Oedipus Rex as sort of the pinnacle of the form. But this dramatic theory has really evolved more into literary theory, as the way, and the way that we understand tragedy has shifted greatly in the last 2,000 years. Tragedy isn't just a drama anymore. Tragedy is philosophy. Tragedy is real life. And as theater continues to evolve, we could consider the era that we're in now as post-dramatic, not post-traumatic like post-war, but beyond things that are based in drama. It's not simply about the dialogue anymore. And so how do we approach tragedy in a theatrical sense when drama isn't the most important part of the storytelling anymore? It's hard to answer what is and is not important about post-dramatic theater in a general sense, but when it comes to this production specifically, the most important parts so far in the process have been the music and the movement. The Magnet Theater here in Cape Town is a physical-based theater. All of the actors are trained in intense movement and learning how to tell stories with their bodies. And so using this training, they are composing large movement pieces along with music that has been written specifically for this production in order to tell the story of Antigone without a singular Antigone or a singular chorus. This group of actors is somehow both the chorus and Antigone at the same time. And that is a prime example of what post-dramatic theater, when it comes to classical storytelling, can be. So to come back to the question, what makes Antigone a tragedy? Based on everything that we know about tragedy from ancient Greece, evolved all the way into the post-dramatic theories, there really isn't a straight answer. And it'll certainly vary wildly, depending on the theorist or the director or the actor that you ask. But since I'm the one with the microphone, I'm 
going to agree with my advisor here in Cape Town. The thing that makes Antigone a tragedy is that there are two opposing sides and they can't exist at the same time. And so it explodes. In some contexts, Antigone is more right. In some contexts, Crayon might be more right. But because they both believe that they're right, they can't both exist at the same time. And so there is this excess of emotion. But as we continue with these conversations in the next coming weeks, it is important to understand the difference between tragedy the tragic and the tragic experience. Tragedy is the expression of the emotion and the tragic is the event and the tragic experience is what you personally go through. At least that's the simplest way that I can explain it right now. That's the thing about this whole tragedy project is that even though it's theatrical, it's also incredibly philosophical. There are no real straightforward answers to any of these questions. As to what makes Antigone an African tragedy, there's a lot of answers to that question also. The relationship between the body and the earth, the relationship between the living and the dead, the relationship between the individual and the state, the nature of protest. All of these things have very deep roots in many African nations but in South Africa specifically and especially. And so this version of Antigone, while it won't be necessarily a recognizable production in terms of its dialogue or its movement, has both the spirit of Antigone and the spirit of South African performers. Thank you all for joining me on this first episode of the Retags podcast. We'll do our best to drop every single week until the performance opens on September 18th in the Baxter Theatre here in Cape Town. If you're in South Africa or the Cape Town region, I hope that you're able to make it. And if you aren't, well, thanks for listening to me talk anyway. Hope to see you next week.